0: Adam Angst talks Elon Musk, Twitter, and new iPads at the Apple Cider user group. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Take full control of your subscriptions with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. So Adam, would you like a formal introduction or do we just want to jump in?
1: Does anyone here not know who I am? I mean, like, no. this is not an ego thing, but if you don't know, well Chuck will tell you. And if I were, well, I'll tell you, but just no, to was, terror.
0: Well, I was gonna introduce you as the next senator from the state of New York. <laughs> <laughs> After your successful Senate uh seat bid. I
1: I, ha- I have not actually checked the election results recently. I'm like, what happened? Did I get yeah. elected something I didn't know about?
0: <laughs> yeah, there was this there was this huge write-in campaign Adam for you that nobody told you about. <laughs> <laughs> oh And you won for you won with three votes.
1: Which which random celebrity uh, who knows nothing about uh, anything did I beat? Just to be clear. uh Um.
2: <laughs> how about the football player that doesn't know what Robert's rules of order? Is? <laughs> yeah, we don't.
1: Know, we shouldn't. We won't need. <laughs> you know, playing football, you just listen to the quarterback, man. Yeah. So, okay. We,
0: we we better stick to uh, tech, uh, I think. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, do you want to you want to start with something easy, or do you want me to throw you a curveball?
1: Oh, we're talking football. Whatever you so. want, to do. It's it's not. I don't know. Whatever I don't know the baseball season. Go All for right. it, Chuck.
0: Okay, so then I just have one word for you: Twitter.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh man. Oh. There's a whole lot of it. There's a whole lot of nuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right over the edge.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Um, Show of hands, how many people have been following the Twitter soap opera? uh, Okay. Some, most people, but not everyone. Okay. So, um, wow. Yeah. This is, this is, this is kind of nuts. So, Everyone knows who Elon Musk is. He's the guy who owns Tesla, SpaceX, uh, um, uh, the Boring Company, et cetera, et cetera. Certified nutso. But until fairly recently, I always thought that he was certifiably crazy in kind of a good way. Um, because like he did crazy, crazy things, but he also like, pushed stuff forward in ways that that people who uh were more sensible, wouldn't. um, so you know, so that was that was kind of interesting. And then, when was it? Sometime this spring, I think, he decides that he wants to buy Twitter and he's gonna pay fifty four dollars and twenty cents per share for Twitter, which is forty four um you know forty four million dollars or something like that. And the reason for fifty four twenty is because four twenty is a pot joke. Um and so like this whole thing from the very beginning doesn't sound real. There's this wonderful writer for Bloomberg named Matt Levine, um, uh, who he writes incredibly smart stuff about, about high finance. I know very little about high finance, so I was reading re- you know, reading his stuff going, wow, oh, I never knew that's so great. He wrote about he wrote about Musk over and over again and all the like the ins and outs of the deal and whatnot. And then, you know, because like, no one could believe this was real. Right. You know, like this didn't make any sense at all. And then then Musk tries to get out of it. And then he does. But then he like he backs out. It's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Twitter has too many bots, even though one of the claims that he had made was that he you know, that he was he was buying Twitter because he wanted to clean up the bot problem. So this all seems like a big idea for him to get out of this this uh, you know forty four billion dollar uh, uh, forty four billion dollar deal, um, but of course he's gotten too far in, so it's going to cost him a billion dollars to get out of the deal, and like hours before this case, because Twitter immediately sues him, um, so the hours before this case goes to the judge, Musk does a, a, an about face and says, yes, I am going to buy Twitter for forty four billion dollars and the deal actually goes through. And he promptly fires everyone, all of the adults in charge. And then he promptly fires like half of the staff. Um, And this is all happening like, I don't know, a week or so ago. Today, the big deal was there was something to do with um, blue verified check marks, which people are going to have to pay $7.99 per month to have. But there were going to be Gray official verified check marks for like I don't know government ID accounts or something like that, and those existed. Those lasted for what, Chuck? About five hours um, yeah, before so. uh, Twitter did another about face. I mean, this is this is like corporate management through Ouija boards. So you know, like <laughs> I, you know, I can't even begin to explain what's happening. Um, the closest I can come to a, a summary is that Elon Musk really liked Twitter. And he really liked being able to say random crazy stuff on Twitter, and he figured that maybe if he bought Twitter, he'd be able to say more random crazy stuff and and make it more of the way even even more like the way he wanted. Um, but it, it never made any. The whole thing never made any sense at all. Twitter itself as a business doesn't make a ton of sense, um, and he's in a world of hurt now because. Although he was the world's richest man, um, uh, that, that was really on paper because of his his stock holdings in Tesla and whatnot. And he sold a bunch of that to, to pay for it in part, but a whole lot of it was financed, um, like $13 billion or more was financed um, by uh, by major investment banks. And so Twitter actually has to pay something like a billion dollars a year in interest just to do that. Problem is, Twitter doesn't make a billion dollars a year. So this whole thing is as like crazy making from like the like in every imaginable way. Um so you know there are people who are Elon Musk fans who believe he's somehow gonna figure it out and it's all gonna work out. Um the other possibility is the whole thing's gonna implode. <laughs> I, I,
2: like I, we work.
1: Yeah, like we work, or who <laughs> knows? I mean, it's just it is literally, I mean, at this point, maybe Twitter is sufficiently valuable that someone like Facebook, I don't know, would buy it um, if it, if it, you know, totally imploded. But I I I don't know. You know, like it's not a public company anymore. It's a private company. So it could literally just go away if you know if Musk loses interest or there's simply no way to pay for it. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on, uh, the, 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 the craziest thing that is happening in the world of tech right now. Um, I mean, there is no question that I don't have any answers. Uh, I don't think anyone else has any answers either. Um, including Elon Musk. <laughs> so, do you, want did you to have call? anything? Yeah. Do you have any more, any, any more on that, Chuck? Was there, was there something else you were hoping to, to get me to say about that?
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, how about a show of hands here? How, how many of us, how many of us? Yeah. Us are on Twitter
1: now. On or
0: use? Oh, well, okay. Fair, fair, fair point, but I'll say on for the moment.
1: Okay. No, okay so, so on, I, su- I have an account.
0: Surprisingly, not a lot. Is there anybody that has left Twitter because of the all the controversy here? Okay, that's good. So, and I guess the, the one thing that came up in a discussion I was having last night, do you think Twitter will be around in six months to a year? I mean, do you think it will remain relevant enough to, uh, to six, six
1: six six months to a year feels pretty pretty short. I, I have a hard time seeing it imploding that fast. um, yeah. um it's got a lot of users, um, so you know, it's. I think we have somewhat moved past the time of and, and the world when, like MySpace and Friendster and those kinds of social networks, could really go away. And I guess MySpace actually still exists technically. Um, So, you know, so I don't think it's likely to do that, uh, to go away completely that way. Um, It may become a whole lot less relevant, um, although there are a lot of people who, who, well, I, there's a lot of people who really like Twitter. Um, I personally think it's a cesspit um, and don't I don't use it. Um, so that's why I said it's different. Well, I guess I have an account, but I don't, I, I refuse to go on it and use it anymore. Um, and I think it's, it's, it feels like it's an important conduit for a lot of people who want to say things without somehow quite, I don't know what the right what the word is, like, you can you can put something out on Twitter without issuing a press release so like politicians will you know are constantly you know saying what their platforms are on Twitter now because it's stupid easy to do and lots of people and lots of people will read it and then it's showing up in newspapers and you know and the actual media is now you know reporting on Twitter as a source um, because it's direct from you know the whoever whoever is actually saying it but it so it, it that Part of it feels to me like it's a little too embedded in the world to go away. And I, I have a hard time seeing anything changing. You don't see that happening with Facebook, for instance. Um, but you'll see news stories that talk about like what a group posted on Facebook, you know, like a school will post something on Facebook and that will get. Put into a news story, but very seldom do people like make pronouncements on, you know, announcements on Facebook and have them show up as as kind of news items. So that's that's kind of the the, the role that I feel Twitter plays that I don't see anything else taking over immediately. Um, and so it may be you know, it, and people may just say, oh, crazy, too crazy. I'm not I'm not going to do this anymore. And then we will not have that, which I don't think would be a bad thing. And people need to shoot their mouths off a whole lot less. Uh,
0: Interesting that you would choose that characteristic, because the thing that I don't see other social media uh, platforms have is the is the same kind of immediacy that, you know, and not not just not just that you know, the fact <coughs> that anybody can post whatever they want to say, but just the fact that it's 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 being said so immediately. And maybe it's because of the way Facebook handles things. And you know i I, I see posts from <laughs> friends that were three days old. And it's like, gee, it would have been really nice to know about that you know, three days ago. And with Twitter, it's like it's always what's going on right now is at the top of your feed, whether it's you use the public feeds or whether you have your own. So that's something that I think is, to, to your point, I think that's so important in the world right now. And I don't know who else is going to do it quite the same I, I, way.
1: And I, could, I, and I should say I think it's important, but I don't think it's good. Um, like I, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of Twitter, I'm not a fan of social media in general. I think it, it it's it's a whole lot of nonsense uh for the most part that is not improving social discourse or civil society in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that's you know, that said, you know. It's going to be hard to put that genie back in the bottle. I'm probably impossible to put that genie back in the bottle. So you know, I, I'm willing to willing to acknowledge that I'm probably on the uh, the losing end of history here on this one. Um, but again, we just the world does not need to know what every freaking person wants to say at every moment. And and you know, my take on a lot of this stuff is is that we we need more small groups. Um, you know that that. Humans work. There's there's something called Dunbar's number. It's 150, and basically that's that's kind of a number that people can deal with uh, in terms of how many people you know and interact with on a regular basis. It's the reason why um, you know villages used to be in roughly that size. It's the reason why military units you know take take that, and then there's certain other smaller numbers that come, come along with it. Humans don't scale well, and so. My personal feeling is is that um, a great amount of this kind of chatter is totally fine within a within a group. Like, you all can talk about Mac stuff, and that's great. And but that doesn't mean that every Mac user in the world needs to be in that discussion. And so that's kind of you know you know I, I think it I think it's important to have these discussions within the context of a group that is an, of a, of a human manageable scale. And I don't and Twitter and Facebook don't do that. So that's one of the reasons why I, I dislike them intensely. So okay. any of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's well, just uh, I mean, I, I almost feel like any tech gathering right now has to at least talk a little bit about about Twitter and where this is going, where it is and where it's going, because it,
1: yeah. it's,
0: it is I mean, it's hard. It's like a train wreck. It's hard to look away.
1: <laughs> I will admit I'm seeing a whole lot of stuff popping up on Mastodon. I don't I don't use Mastodon particularly either, but uh, uh, Mastodon. You know, I'm getting I, I have a Mastodon account which I signed up for however many years ago, um, and so now I'm getting people who are following me on Mastodon, and you know I just it's where I'm see, seeing people talk about it, and I will have to go and figure out Mastodon to the extent of uh, of that um, and see if it solves a lot of the problems. I mean, one of the other things that, you know, sort of like in terms of the scaling that I was talking about, like a, a great deal of the problems with social media um, could be related or could be solved by simply saying that, like, you don't need to have anyone who can share things to more than a thousand people or some some some, again, manageable number. You know, that a great deal of the problems with social media come with the fact that one person can suddenly spew all sorts of whatever to millions of people, and and then those millions of people can reshare it to tens of thousands each. And so, um, information travels very quickly without any regard for whether it's useful or in any ways correct. Um, you know, that and it, because it's there's fantasy. not so
3: much. Yeah, because there's now so much of those messages flying around, people assume it must be true because a million people said it. No, one guy said it, and it got copied everywhere.
1: Yeah, and and because and and, and then I mean, and then you know, we so much of this is happening that it calls into question the veracity of everything. You yes. know that you know. Mm-hmm. Pardon me for a little bit of soapbox here, but I mean, this is what I do. I'm a publisher. I spend my entire life getting it right you know like when i write something it is correct and i i I try and try and try and do that and i make mistakes occasionally and when i do i correct them you know like in public because that's important and so this 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 way the world has moved to being able to say anything you want it which has no bearing on reality much less being a true fact it just it it just screws with my head, you know. Like that's just not okay. And so, you know, from the perspective of a of a tech publisher, where you can look it up, when I say, you know, the the ninth generation iPad costs three hundred and twenty nine dollars and supports the Apple Pencil, the first generation Apple Pencil, that's correct. Those are actual facts. I am not making it up. And you know, that's so much of you know. People can say anything else on these sites and do, and then those that information gets out there and crowds out everything that's real. So, yeah, <laughs> sorry. So, Fox, I, I I can't resist this sort of stuff because it just really, really bugs me that you know fact and truth and veracity have no, uh, are, are I won't say have no value, but they they have been suffering significantly in the last you know five to ten years. And social media has a great deal to do with that. So, yeah, not a fan.
0: <laughs> yeah. I knew I could wind you up, wind you up on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. But, but at the same time, your your point about being a publisher, you know, that's that's a that is a perspective that I don't think I've heard anyone else take or explain exactly that way. It's not that what you said was no surprise, but the fact that you know you are obviously personally personally offended and maybe professionally threatened by the fact that. It's a challenge for you to, you know, to exist in that world is a whole different animal.
1: I mean, if you look at the really reputable um, publishing companies out there, um, they employ an entire class of person called a fact checker, you know, so a real, you know, a real publication, you know, like magazine, you know, the real magazines, the real newspapers, when someone writes an article, there's someone else in that. Organization who calls the sources and verifies the facts. You know, I mean, that's what because that that was thought to be important.
3: <laughs> I remember, you remember the old uh, TV show Monk with Tony Shaloub, where he was such a nitpicker about everything. He yes. he tried to get a job at a magazine, and while he was waiting for his interview, he picked up the current issue in the magazine, and in the interview, <laughs> he he lists off these thirty things that were wrong. <laughs> And and the you know the, the the person from the magazine doing the interview said oh the, all that was wrong in in the first in, in the first issue and he said no on the first page <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he yeah. didn't get the job
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no, I mean yeah. seriously I mean that that it's just it's sort of one of those things where you know I mean obviously you know I, I come from an era when um, you know I, so Tidbit started in 1990 um Tanya and I were were very recently out of college and um we were attempting um we, you know we we were attempting to seem as professional as we could you know that that way, back in the, back in the day that's what you did when you were on the internet you know, people didn't know that you were, you know, two kids basically just out of college doing this. And, and so you felt like you had to do everything you could to make yourself look professional. And that meant getting your facts right, making sure everything was really well edited, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the, I mean, it was fascinating how that's changed over the years. I mean, another thing, for instance, is, you know, you work at home, you didn't let on that you worked at home. When you talked on the phone. So even even, you know, much, much later, you know, when we had, a, had our son, our son was born and he's an infant, you know, like we were super careful that there was never the sound of a kid crying in the background because <laughs> that wasn't professional. But this is something that has, you know, we've watched it change over the last 20 years, where now totally fine to be unprofessional. You know, that's more real um you know and and, and, uh, your pet and is supposed and, to join the I Zoom mean meeting. maybe it's more real but but I do you know I do think that there's still a, a role to be played what professional means you know that it means you're going that extra step to get your facts right to you know to to seem as though you are uh at a high level um rather than you're just kind of winging it make it up as you go so um, again, I, I I feel like I have dated myself uh, tremendously with this, but you know, from looking around, I think I think you guys are in my, at least my generation, so we're we're good.
0: Yeah, the, there's a new social network, or I guess it's relatively new, called Be Real, and if you sign up for it, um, Hang on a second.
1: one there Chuck, I've lost volume.
0: Oh, you have me, Adam. Okay, uh-huh. test, testing one two three.
3: Uh, we're hearing you. All
0: right. Well, while well, Adam's working out his uh, problems. Um, there's a new, a new social network called Be Real. And once a day, mm-hmm. you'll get a, a reminder or a notification from Be Real to take like a minute long video of yourself and whatever you're doing right at that moment. Yep. And it's it, it's supposed to be authentic. It's supposed to be obviously real. Um, and it is probably the most boring thing you've ever seen because you know, <laughs> I, I love you guys, but I don't really care what you're doing at that moment, You know, whether it's 10 in the morning or 10 at night. You know, I, I seriously doubt that you're doing anything that exciting that is commands my time. And yet, there's this push toward, as Adam said, authenticity. That I, it, authenticity for what purpose?
3: And, well, and there's already been criticism and and problems with it. People are doing it at work, and suddenly their work secrets on the computer screen behind them are are getting published to the internet.
2: Pardon my interruption into this, but isn't that actually how Twitter started? Was it the idea was that you were supposed to share something you were doing and it was sort of a personal thing and with possibly with friends and so on. But before it became a public uh, megaphone, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the big thing with Twitter that was kind of interesting um, early on was the limit in terms of how much you could say. So it's 140 characters. Right. And. The idea that it, yeah, that it was very mm-hmm. simple to do, and in the very early days of Twitter, um, you know, there was, I mean, there was Chuck, Chuck was there too, like in the Mac world um, when we all got on. Uh, I can't remember what the year was exactly, and it was interesting for you know a year or so because people would 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 share what they were doing in these very tiny little bites, and you got a, got a little bit of insight into people's lives, um, and then you discover that people's lives are kind of the same all the time. <laughs> you know, like once you once you've shared once, you really didn't need to do it again because you know you were going to be doing the same thing every day or every week or whatever. And so uh, I think a lot of that kind of fell by the wayside where Twitter really moved um uh re, you know in the last, you know, again, decade or so was more in the news um that that Twitter feels more like where the news is and that was, you know, that seems to have been their focus. Uh, you know, it, it it's a it's a you know it's sort of it's an interesting question because you know obviously you can also just go to any news site and get exactly the same stuff I mean Twitter's Twitter's not really innovating in any way it's just it's sort of aggregating and and spreading so um in any event let's talk about Apple stuff I'm bored with Twitter I've been yeah. bored with Twitter for years <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, sure. It sure didn't seem like it, Adam, but let's (laughs) make to Apple (laughs) style.
1: I I have to admit the soap opera was, was amusing to watch, but, uh, but after that, okay.
0: Um, Okay. So how about another one (coughs) word? iPad. We have a new crop of iPads and.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of them.
0: There seems to be a lot of them. There's, uh, there are price points for everything. There's a bit, you referenced it a, a little bit earlier about some confusion over the Apple pencil. Um, and which which iPads support which pencil? Um, I mean, what is the state of the iPad at this point?
1: Yeah, so let's see. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, six iPads out right now. Um, so, um, and and keep in mind, Apple's Apple's changed something. So they just introduced it's a tenth generation iPad, um, and the iPad, the the kind of the base model, just called iPad, has been notable for the last. Quite a few years for being, frankly, the best deal in tech. Um, you know, uh, the, the ninth generation one um, cost three hundred and twenty-nine dollars, which is a heck of a deal for what you got from a, from a base level iPad. And so the tenth generation comes out, and it's four forty-nine. Remembering my numbers, right? And so, and it's you know, it's got. Got some new features, no question. Great stuff. Uh, new new industrial designs using the squared off design of the iPad Air. And um, it's got a, a la- the camera's on the landscape side, which is pretty neat. So, you know, finally you're not looking off to the side to get your do your video conferencing and everything. But wow, a hundred and you know, you know, thirty dollars, hundred and twenty dollars more uh for for an iPad, that's that's kind of a lot when when the previous one was was only 329. And so what Apple did was they kept the ninth generation iPad in the lineup. So it's a little bit like the iPhones where you can still buy an iPhone 13 or actually an iPhone 12 uh, right now. And so that's how Apple's getting a little bit more of that low end price point because hey, ninth generation iPad, you know until a month ago was was a great device and uh, no one was unhappy about it existing. So uh, you know they kept it around even though it got you uh, it, it was not was nominally replaced by the 10th generation. Um, but then, so you got the ninth and the 10th, that's two. And we've got the iPad mini, uh, which hasn't changed. Um, and is a kind of cool little device. I mean, if what you do mostly is like read on the iPad, um, or, you know, browse the web, things like that. iPad mini is a pretty neat little device. Um, it's a little bit more expensive, uh, than the, the plain iPad now. Uh, I think it's 599, 499, can't remember, 499. Um, and then you get to the iPad Air, which is kind of like the, the 10th generation iPad, but faster. And um, as Chuck referenced, the, that's where the Apple Pencil switches. So you, the Apple Pencil first generation works with the plain iPad. And the second generation Apple Pencil, which is the magnetic one that attaches on the side and charges there as well, that works with the iPad Mini and the iPad Air and then the two iPad Pro models. And so the iPad Pro models they bounce up in price even more. You know the um, the iPad Air is five ninety nine, and then I think it's seven ninety nine for the uh, the eleven inch, and I'm blanking on the 12.9, $999 for the for the for the base base one of that. So you get this incredible range from three hundred twenty nine dollars to nine hundred ninety nine dollars on the other, on the other end,
3: or twenty five hundred um, if you max out the twelve. Well,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. That's the other thing is, is that all of those prices are starting prices. You know, you can pay a whole bunch more if you get a keyboard. There's like five keyboards now. Um, you know, get an Apple Pencil. That's an extra hundred bucks for the one. The first generation or one twenty nine, I think, for the second generation. So you can you can you can add it up quite a lot, uh, particularly as you get more storage, you add cellular, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it makes sense. I mean, I I, I mean it's it looks messy. Um, uh, when you're when you're like oh my god, there's all these different iPads. But if you actually sit down and stare carefully at it, yeah, if you're trying to pay as little as money as possible, you get the ninth generation. If you just want the base model, but you're looking for you know, the kind of the latest and greatest uh, at that you know within that lower end price range, the tenth generation. The iPad Minis for people like it small. The iPad Airs for people who are like oh I want more than the iPad, but oh my gosh that iPad Pro is crazy expensive. And then the iPad Pros are there for people who. I think they're finally named right. You know, like if you're actually a professional who does work on your iPad, you'll ante up the big bucks for them. And I can't recommend that anyone else do it. I mean, my my iPad here, on the, piano, um,
2: know, on the chair, I not My iPad
1: you. here is a is an iPad really Pro at a, a ten point five, and um, and back when I got it, it was just like the better iPad and but now the iPad Pro is really don't buy them unless you have a business reason for them there's just no reason to get no reason to spend the money the iPad Air will do everything you need
3: and I, especially since know. the iPad Air is also an M1 it's the yeah. It's the same chip yeah. in all the other computers,
1: <laughs> right? It's the same. It's the same processor. And I was actually, I was just over. Uh, I was actually just in Rochester on the weekend um, at uh, in Fairport running a cross country race, and so we stopped in at the Apple Eastview store on the way home, which I had never been to before. But I haven't been to an Apple store in like I don't know three or four years, right? COVID, you know. I live in Ithaca, there isn't an Apple store, you know, Syracuse is our closest one. Um, Don't go to Syracuse very often either. And so it was really interesting to actually lay my hands on all the iPads. And, you know, one of the things that I I hadn't actually like really touched a 12.9 one before, they're huge. I mean, they are not the sort of thing you're going to walk around in your hand. I mean, they probably are great if you have got one of the keyboards, you know, the keyboard uh, for the for the iPad Pro, a lot of them sort of almost turn it into a laptop. And uh, I could see using it like that. But wow, it's not a, uh, it's not something you just, you know, you know, hold in your hand and, you know, sit in your lap. It actually really felt kind of awkward. And similarly, that uh, the Mac mini or the iPad mini, <laughs> the iPad mini, um, I'd always thought that it was a little bit awkwardly sized, you know, compared to like yeah, you've the, the iPhone Pro Maxes, which are pretty big, and then you've got the iPad and it's sort of in between those two. But when you actually hold it, well, it's a nice little device, um, you know, that's gonna be the right thing, you know, probably not gonna watch video on it as much as you might on a bigger one, but <clears throat> it was a nice, nice form factor. So I, <clears throat> I, even though the iPad lineup does look a little messy, I think it actually makes, you know, pretty good sense right now from the consumer standpoint. You know, less so from the tech journalist of, you know, Apple's Apple's got all these weird models and look, they've got funny things like the 10th generation iPad is only compatible with the first generation Apple Pencil, even though the first generation Apple Pencil, which I, I have one here, um, it, uh, it it pairs and charges via lightning, via this little port on the back of it. Um, but the 10th-generation iPad doesn't support Lightning. It has USB-C, so you've got to get a little $9 dongle to be able to pair your Apple Pencil and charge it,
3: which is weird. But And there was a story you know, that the uh, Apple stores were out of those dongles, so they stopped <laughs> selling 10th-gen iPads for a while.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I didn't <laughs> yeah. hear that. Yeah, um, little-known fact, you can actually plug a first-generation Apple Pencil into your iPhone to charge it. Um, it won't help you with the pairing. So it's not a it's not an overall solution. But I actually charge my pencil from my from my iPhone most of the time. Um, mostly because my iPad is usually dead, so I have to plug that in to charge it. And then I want to use if I want to use the pencil, I have to plug the pencil's also dead, so I've plugged that into the iPhone, charge them both. I'm not a big iPad user, as you can tell. Um, any event, um, I think the actually what I'm guessing, um, you know, like it feels weird to have this, you know, the new iPad with the old Apple Pencil. Um, What I'm guessing is, is that Apple had to put the um, the camera on that uh, on that edge. So because it's got the new landscape based camera. And I'm guessing that that precludes putting in the charging hardware um, and and the magnetic stuff for the, uh, the Apple Pencil, too. So it's the, you know, it's one of those situations where it may just not have been possible to do that in an economical way. And Apple doesn't want to, you know, they don't want to raise the cost of it, of the iPad even more. So that's probably the rationale there.
3: One of our guys also had the thought that if you're upgrading from an older iPad and already have a Pencil 1, the the 10th gen iPad costs more already. And to add another $129 for a Pencil 2 was too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I agree with that as well. And I also think, I mean, quick show of hands, how many people here have iPads with pencils?
3: <laughs> I have a pencil. Yeah. I never used it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm guessing that the pencil, cool as it is, I mean, I'm I I personally think it's quite cool. I think most people don't use them. I mean, even people who even people who buy them don't use them most of the time. And so. I bet that Apple has market research on this, and they basically said that yeah, it's not worth putting the effort into making the pencil a first class experience on the iPad because that's not the people who buy it. You know that if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna buy one of the other devices if you're a heavy pencil user. So uh, you know, and as I said, it's a it's a great little device. I mean, I use it a couple of times a year um, for a very specific thing. Is that every now and then I need to do trail maps, and so I'll take a screenshot of a of a of a trail. Um like a you know, a, a topo map, and then I will literally draw the map onto it with a pencil. Brilliant for that. but you know, it's you know, it's like a couple times a year I gotta do this. This is not exactly something I would buy it buy for today. um just so happens that I have. so so yeah, so I think it's an interesting um <clears throat> an interesting move that Apple's made. Um, with that, um, I did want to comment briefly about the, the keyboards because again, I, I stopped in this in the Apple Eastview store and and was got to see all the keyboards. They're weird. Um, like a lot of these iPad keyboards, they're 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 strange devices. Um, they, mean, they all most of them pretty much like fold and you know kind of collapse around the iPad to protect it, but not in a very nice way. You know that it's more like for putting in your bag. Rather than keeping it on all the time. So um, this 10th gen or the 10 the 10.5 inch iPad Pro, I had the smart keyboard, and that one was really nice because you kind of it kind of flipped and folded and everything, such that you could have it um, protecting the screen, or you could flip it into you know having it be acting like a laptop and you know a little you know you know the screen up and the keyboard in front. Um, but it was always very flexible and a nice feeling cover. And the keys were never exposed when you weren't using them. Whereas these other ones, you can flip the keyboards to the back or whatnot, but you're always like touching the keys on the back, which feels weird. And and they're they're often quite a bit heavier duty than the old smart keyboard. So I was, I was surprised, you know, when you actually sit down and touch all the different keyboards, which are you know, you, like, you have to pick the keyboard for the iPad very specifically. There's not a lot of choice uh, in between. That was, it was an interesting experience, and I think if you're ever are interested in a keyboard for an iPad, you should definitely try it before buying it.
0: This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money at RocketMoney.com. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month in subscriptions, while the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions that you don't even know about or have forgotten about. There's a way to take care of that. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. Rocket Money shows you all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double-charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you do is press Cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of your useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting this week's Mac Voices. (coughs) So how about a show of hands here? Um, I'm going to give you two choices. Um, How many of you use the iPad? And you can raise your hand to both. How many of you use the iPad for creating or I'll I'll, I'll term it production, that you do something that, yeah, is production-oriented? Wow. Okay. How many of you would yeah, how, how many of you would consider a, a device that you consume, whether it's video or games or whatever, on? Yeah. Okay. What, are the, what do the rest of you do with it? I mean, <laughs> you know, I, th- this is something I've been struggling with for a while, and Adam, I'm curious to see where you stand on it right now. I because... think it's
2: an internet uh, device. It's a browser. Mm-hmm. That That's what most people use it for, I think.
1: Okay, yeah, that's, that, consum- that's strong in that, the consumption side.
0: Yeah, that'd be consumption. Um, because I, I, for a while, and it seems like it comes and goes, but with the M1 being put into the iPads, it seems like it's come back again, where we're seeing people claiming they're trying to replace their laptops with iPads. And they seem really upset that they can't do it. And that's seems to lead to why some folks want <laughs> Mac OS on an iPad. And it's like, well, you know what? I, I mean, I look, I've, I've got an iPad pro. I have a keyboard with it. That includes a trackpad. Mm-hmm. And so it might as well be a laptop. it's It's a little more convenient laptop maybe for me to 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 go and, and grab dinner and and prop it up and scroll through some news than it would be for my normal laptop. But it's still well, you know it's not so a I, lot. yeah, and and I don't know that it's I, I don't know that it being only a consumption device is a bad thing, but there are a lot yeah. of people that seem to feel like it is.
1: So I mean, this is a this is an M M1 MacBook Air, and um, this is a brilliant device. Uh, I mean, you know, you want to talk about performance. I mean, I've had it since since it came out, I and mean, you know, the M2. Tanya has the M2, and you know, that's even better. Um, they're just great, and you know, the fact is is that you know, yeah, they're. I mean, they're not quite as convenient for you know sitting on a chair and reading or something like that. That's what that's where an iPad or an iPhone um, is really better. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I I feel that the whole, like, production thing is very, very specific to, you know, fields or professions or tasks where there's some app which is just great. And, you know, and I don't even know what they are because they're often really, really specific. You
3: know, we they, get that question I mean, a lot in our store, too, about yeah. iPad versus laptop, especially when the prices start coinciding. <laughs> And and almost the bottom line is, do you want a touch screen or do you not?
1: (laughs) Well, and, you know, and again, it's a, but a little bit of like, you know, I, cause I tried, you know, this is back, back when, back, you know, four or five years ago, like when I got this iPad pro, you know, there was that question again of like, can you replace a laptop? And so that was why I got the keyboard and the pencil and everything like that. And no, I couldn't, you know, it was simply never as good as, as a, as a MacBook Air for me at the kinds of things I do, which is writing, editing, um, you know, managing websites in essence, you know, so a lot of copying of data around moving, you know, moving images into into and out of documents, that kind of stuff. It just never competed and, and it still doesn't, you know, so.
3: And, now, that's kind of know, what stage manager is supposed to help.
1: Yeah. And that's a whole world of hurt from what I can tell. <laughs> I, I can't use it yet. Uh, I have used it on the on the on the MacBook uh, Air here, um, and it's there's some things about it that I like. I haven't really quite wrapped my head around it all. Like it, it makes it makes it hard to get to the desktop sometimes, and so I'm a fairly heavy desktop user on the Mac, and so that's the one thing I'm not liking there. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think stage managers. I mean, that's part of the reason why Apple came up with it is it's a little bit hard to manage all this. You know, multiple, you know, working with multiple apps and multiple stuff, multiple bits of things at the same time. Um, but uh, it feels to me like it's the apps aren't there yet. I mean, you know, it's either you've got a specific app that does exactly what you want, or you're out of luck. You know, you just, you know, the browsers are never quite as good. Um, you know, web apps never work quite as well, that kind of thing.
0: Well, and... I don't want to fall into the trap of of having Apple devices viewed as only graphics machines for graphics people. But yeah. you know, that the, the Apple pencil uh, has I, I know I know several people, it sort of changed their lives because they are graphically oriented and then what they want to do yeah. with it is more in line of what five years ago well, maybe a little more than five years ago, would have been, you know, the the purview of a graphics tablet
1: connected right. to Wacom's. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So you know, th- and that's and that's not a bad thing necessarily, but t- sort of to your t- to the point that was made, you know, do you want a touch screen or not? It's it's also do you want a pencil capability or not? Right. And and the yeah. ability to draw on it. And so, you know, that that's one more differentiation.
3: And, uh, and Apple and ran and all those commercials about what's a computer? <laughs> yeah. pushing yeah. the iPad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. what? What I also see too. When people bring Windows PCs in, that a lot of Windows normal, um, ordinary Windows laptops now have touchscreens, and I accidentally touch it all the time when I don't mean to, just like on your regular computer, you accidentally touch it all the time because you're used to touching your iPad, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't seem very useful on the things I do with a computer to have a touch screen, but the things I do yeah. with the iPad, the touch screen is it works a lot better.
1: Yeah. One thing I think we should we should know that uh, Apple's actually been really clear about how no the Mac isn't going away, the Mac isn't turning into iOS, and no, you know, the iPad isn't turning into, into the Mac. They are different. And Apple is more than happy to have you buy both or not. You know, you know, Apple's, Apple's not getting hurt here, either, which, you know, no matter what your opinions are, you know, either you're going to buy a great laptop, or you're going to buy a great iPad, or you're going to get both, um, and some at some level or another. So I think it's just that, to my mind, the iPad has never quite found the problem. It's a solution to a problem that's not quite clear, or it's, Maybe maybe the, the problem is not quite mainstream enough. So the iPhone, everyone understands the iPhone. You know exactly what you're going to do with an iPhone. You know you're going to carry around in your pocket, and it's going to be you know your every little thing, um, even if you don't hardly ever use to phone calls. And um, whereas with the iPad, you have to do you have to like you have to think of something a little bit more. You don't just have one because and uh, and so that I think that's what's hampered it um, from, from taking over, uh, as in the way that the iPhone has done, you know, it's not a necessity in the same way. And for most of us, obviously a Mac is also a necessity. Yeah. You know, that's where you actually get your work done. And because yeah. we are used to keyboards and mice and all of that big screen. We
3: frequently call the iPad, the living room computer, you know, in the living room <laughs> on the couch, catching up with email while mm-hmm. you're watching TV, looking on IMDB. I can't watch anything without <laughs> IMDB open. <laughs> That and that would yeah. be a lot harder with a full laptop. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and, important, you know.
0: And and maybe that's where it fits. Maybe it it is the perfect second screen, mm-hmm. or for everything but significant computing. And I realize there are exceptions to that, but for 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 the general public kind of people, and I'm not even sure that you know this group fits in the general public because you're here as part of an of an Apple user group. So maybe for the for the folks out there that own iPads, but that don't care enough about it to be enthusiastic like this group is it may be the perfect and that and that may be sufficient
3: and now yeah. the ipad can be a literal second screen for your computer
1: yeah, yeah. Good, good, point. good point but at the same time i think it is also interesting when you look at you know when you look at apple's financials you know the ipad is the is the is the product segment that has had the most trouble you know It's obviously not doing badly. Apple's still selling boatloads of them. Um, But, you know, the, you know, it's actually, you know, doesn't, Apple does not sell more of them every quarter. Um, You know, sometimes they go down significantly. And so, you know, it's an interesting, uh, when you look at that compared to the iPhone or the Mac or whatnot, which, you know, in recent years have just like continually climbed. Um, The iPad goes up and down, up and down. And so I think that is some of that, you know does come you do hit that with the ambivalence of like i'm not quite sure what to do with this and so when they are in awkward spaces with the actual lineup one of the things that also is weird about the lineup is they release different ones at different times so like the iPad Air and the 11-inch Pro are constantly like flipping which one is better in terms of you know current chips current you know uh speeds things like that so it's a uh, it's not always quite as obvious what to get
0: Adam, do you think the up and down is, um, I mean, I've always attributed not as much to uh, what do people do with it as to what new capabilities, you know, what differentiates the older iPad, the the last generation or the last model from the new generation or, you know, the current model. And some of those, I mean, sometimes those differentiations haven't been, frankly, all that significant.
1: Yeah. I mean, there may be some of that. There's no question. Um, the you know, you know, I think it is one of those situations where we're probably a little bit more likely to upgrade our iPhones um, more regularly because they, for many of us, they tend to be more essential. Whereas your iPad, you're like, yeah, I can get away with the old one. You know, I'll wait until either it dies or I need. You know, I feel like a new one is compelling. And so, you know, again, Apple actually in some ways doesn't care. You know, Apple is is a big enough company. They're 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 willing to wait um, until you're going to come back and buy the next iPad. Uh, But it is, I think, I think it is still telling that uh, it's not as it doesn't have that same kind of smooth growth pattern that we see in the other products in quite the same way. So yeah, you're. I mean, it may be just again a little bit less. I don't know. Essential isn't quite the right term, but uh, you know, you're not you're not always going. Well, I have to have the latest iPad because otherwise, you know, things won't work.
0: So since we have pretty readily available trackpads and or mice for the iPad, um how do you feel about should there be a, a, a version of Mac OS for the iPad?
1: No. I mean it it, it in some sense, what, what does that get you? Um, you know, unless you're going because the problem is is that iPad OS. Which I'm still a little annoyed at that Apple sort of split it out into a different name because it's still basically the same thing. And now I have to write about write about it as an iOS and iPad OS at all times. Um, it, it really is a different design. And so, if you put macOS on an iPad, oh, would, would it just be the same as a, as, a, as a MacBook Air at that point? And what does that actually get you if you can't use it as a touchscreen as well? But Mac OS is not designed to be used for a touch. And so a great deal of stuff wouldn't work the way you want it to, or it would be really problematic. And uh, so I think that, that it, it's neither fish nor fowl um, to do that kind of thing that it's better to it's better to keep each one of them doing what they want what they are designed to do. And I think you'd be anno- you'd find yourself annoyed. Um, by uh, by all the chain by all the, the the limitations when you suddenly went, well, this iPad is not exactly as good as a Mac um, running Mac OS.
0: And I happen to agree with you, but I, I'm still intrigued by the people that uh, just scream, <laughs> yeah. I want Mac OS on my iPad. And, <laughs> uh, but when you ask them why, it's just, well, it, it'll work like a Mac then It's like, well, then just yeah, yeah. buy a laptop. you know <laughs> what are you what, what
1: are you doing? They want a pony too, so. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or a You can you can want a lot of things for not very good reasons. So yeah, whatever.
2: <laughs> um, can you just uh, screen share into your Mac from your iPad? Uh, can you screen share into yeah, your Mac from
1: your iPad? That's yeah, that's okay. There's your solution. So, <laughs> so 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 just to be clear. Um, my iPad is this big. Yeah. Um, I've got two twenty seven inch monitors on my Mac. <laughs> I mean being able to kind of look at my Mac through this little <laughs> this little uh, window. Yeah, no. no was <laughs>
2: uh Rick, are you muted? Yeah. I think you are muted. You were muted. Oh, but it yeah. was fun well, watching well, I was you just saying that. It, that would, that's the answer for those people who say that they want Mac OS on their oh, iPad. Yeah, yeah. That's the oh, workaround. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all I'm
0: saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, fair point. Yep. 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 Yeah. And they can, see, they can see how well it'll work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we can say, we told you so.
1: Um, what we you thinking? It's not. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like, again, every time I, like I, I, you know, I go on vacation or something like that. And do I need to bring the laptop or can I just bring an iPad? Well, you know, I don't usually need to log into uh, to, you know, my servers via terminal, but if some certain kinds of things go wrong, I do. And, you know, do I want to take the chance that that's not going to happen because, you know, getting a terminal app that actually works decently on an iPad? Well, maybe there's one now, but you know, there the last one I tried just you know stopped working and blah, blah, blah. You know, they weren't didn't work all that well even before. Like you would think this wouldn't be tough, but you know, getting a decent terminal app um for the iPad, not non trivial. Again, maybe there's a new one, but last uh last time I last one I got went away. So, you know, it 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 just different strokes. And you know, what you do if you're if you're, you know, I don't get me wrong i love the ipad for watching video on an airplane you know or when i'm sick in bed just brilliant little device for that but uh, but that's a you know it's it's not uh, it's not changing my world otherwise so
0: so before we go into another subject i want to open it up to questions or comments i mean what what are, what things are on your minds um for the larger world of apple anything any cuz cuz i've got plenty of stuff to talk to adam about <laughs> but you know I, <laughs> Yeah, you're taking me
1: with another Twitter
0: thing. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm I'm going to not live that down for a while, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, what what I mean, what all are you seeing happening in the Apple world that you think is interesting, exciting, concerning that that you want to know Confusing. more about? Confusing. Yeah, there you go. I just see a lot of the um the antitrust stuff that's going on with Apple across the world actually. Mm. I find it very interesting and um, what each country is has their own idea of what anti-competitiveness is and things
2: like that. So
0: and, and the EU is just gonna be starting USB C is mandatory. You yep. know.
1: Yep. Does that limit innovation? No, you know? it doesn't. <laughs> I, I mean the USB C thing at the in the EU is fascinating because like if you read the announcement from the EU, they're really clear about how, you know, why they're doing it and the fact that it doesn't preclude new stuff from coming. Um in the, you know, sort of in the general uh general space, and they are actually pushing hard on wireless, you know, charging. So it, you know it, in this, you know, I can see why they did it because they tried for a long time to get the industry to standardize on its own and it didn't. Um, you know, so previously were...
3: it was a US what well, was mini B, I think was the standard. And and Apple got uh, micro, Apple got around yeah. that because uh, by putting a yeah, a B uh Mini or Micro. That was the problem, is it mini or micro? Um and then there was a super B. <laughs> um so that uh, Apple put an adapter in the iPhone box.
1: Uh yeah. so the iPhone yeah. was
3: still lightning, but had the adapter.
1: Yeah. And so, right. I mean, the USB USB was a perfect example of like there were seventeen you know, varieties, and they were all they're all completely incomprehensible. Um, USB C has its own issues. Um, we've been we've been writing about that a bunch, um, but at least it's one connector, and it's a pretty decent connector. It's not the best best connector ever, but it's pretty decent, and it doesn't preclude things like MagSafe. So you know, MagSafe. As long as you know, all those MagSafe laptops can also charge via USB C. So you know, I I, I find that uh, you know lightning. The big problem with lightning, um, it's actually a really it's a really good little connector. Um, mean, uh, you know, it's bidirectional, pretty stable, you know, pretty pretty durable, et cetera, et cetera. The big problem with lightning is it's slow, it doesn't carry a lot of data, and so you know, if you're going to be just charging, that's okay, and. Um, But I think as soon as you want to move any data of data of any amount, that's when lightning really starts to fall apart.
3: So isn't the story that Apple wanted to use USB-C, but it wasn't ready yet, so they did lightning?
1: Yeah, that may may well have been. Um, Why they call it
3: lightning if it's not lightning fast? Damn it! (laughs) It was at the time.
0: It was at the time exactly. It's like fireworks.
1: So you know, I assume it was related to Thunderbolt too.
0: Yeah, I mean we've th- we've had thunderbolt we've had firewire we've had lightning and they were all fast at the time. Yeah. But yeah, move time moves well,
1: on. Well, and and you know, thunderbolt thunderbolt 4 and you know using the USB-C connector, I mean Apple was, you know, the thunderbolt people at Apple you we know, were very into the concept of like, yeah, let's let's standardize this one connector um because the original thunderbolt thunderbolt 1 and 2 was different. Was thunderbolt 3 that gets to be the Thunderbolt 3 gets to be US. Yeah, Thunderbolt 3 gets to be the USB C connector. And so uh, you know, so it's sort of nice to move on from, you know, the again, an unusual Thunderbolt connector to something else. Of course, that we discover that we, we you have to be careful what you wish for because then you have, you know, 17 cables that all look like they've got the same connector, um, but we don't know what it is. And they've got random little, you know, glyphs on the on the on the side. You know, you have to be able to read them and a thunderbolt you know, cable
3: has a lightning bolt on it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lightning bolt cable does not.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I i never thought of that before, but you're absolutely right. Because um, of course, thunder doesn't look like anything. So, <laughs> <yeah>.
0: <laughs> but is it a, a thunderbolt three or four, or right. two?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Glenn Glenn Fleischman has done a, a couple of articles for tidbits that that help clarify that kind of stuff because it's insane. I mean, you know, just the variability um involved. But it, you know, you what you run into is like all this stuff has to move forward. And you know, part of what with the US, you know, what the EU is doing is by saying, hey, this is one connector, you know, this is a connector that can do a lot of stuff and is moving forward pretty well. You know, that we've got 80 gigabit per second USB C coming out, uh, USB-4, um 80 USB four. sorry, um and uh and still using that same connector. So you know and and I will admit boy, you you know, when you, when you, when you collect enough of these things, you got different, you know, different gear of different ages. Oh boy, you got a lot of cables around and you're trying to keep track of them. And, you know, and, you know, like, do I have one that does this? And you start traveling like, Oh crumb, I forgot to bring the new cable and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there is a certain, it would certain appreciation for this being a problem.
0: I've got in, in my basement, I'm sure you all have seen them. The, like the the, uh, I, for lack of a better term, the Tupperware like drawers, yes. you know, storage. Yeah,
1: the, yeah the big I, plastic boxes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That you know, just have have drawers in and out, and I just labeled, you know, mini USB, mini <laughs> USB micro, <laughs> USB A, you know, just I mean that because I've got so Adam's many got others. racks
3: and racks of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, Adam's taking a different approach, but you know there's. Yeah.
1: I I use these cardboard boxes, and I don't just have bags. I'm like, there's dock connectors. Yeah, I,
2: I use shoe boxes and
3: plastic bags. (laughs) Label them. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's crazy. I was at a customer the other day who had a 30 inch monitor and um, a 27 inch (laughs) iMac. And he was trying to plug them in. And of course, they have different connectors. And so I'm like, okay, do you have a mini display port to dual link DVI? And he rummages through a 100 boxes and pulled one out. Oh my God, it works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, Yeah. that's,
3: That's
1: video adapters yeah <laughs> yep. uh, yeah so no it's crazy and, and every now and then i'll still find a cable that i don't know what it is <laughs> i'm like couldn't tell you like i don't recognize these these connectors i'm really not and there was probably you know like something that i, I don't know a device i got for review 15 years ago that had a custom cable um, for some reason, but uh, but again, I I don't I don't remember this, but somehow the cable stuck around, and so like, I, I have no idea. But yeah, at some point I had to go through and just put put all this stuff in the, in, these, in these labeled bags because I had no idea, and now I can at least know which bag to go rummage around.
3: So, yeah, it was nice to no be able bricks and bricks with no devices. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yep. hard yep. to so, get rid of these things too because you paid so much hard. money for them that
2: some of them are fifty to hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, sure, no, but true. Yeah. You know, but you need, I mean, you know, I think I've gotten rid of all my scuzzy
2: cables, so. Well,
1: they're downstairs. Well, they're downstairs. I still have mine.
3: I still have mine. We're we had a customer. We had a customer bring in um, a bunch of 800k floppy disks and want to get the data off oh. of them.
1: Whoa. We were
3: able to find an old Performa that still read 800k disks. Wow. <laughs> yeah but I then understand. he wanted to he wanted to know how he could do it himself buy an he old can't. performer. <laughs> yeah right you you can't go away yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah and, and you know i mean it is it is interesting you know someone was complaining about the whole the whole C thing i'm like why is this better than all the different ports we had blah 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 and i was like you do remember that we used to have adb and serial and scuzzy and you know, and you know, we complained then too. And but you don't hear people like pining for their FireWire and their and their SCSI and their you know all that. Those have just gone away, and we've all moved on. And that will happen with USB C and 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 Thunderbolt as well. You know, everything will standardize on those soon enough. Um, You know, it's going to be a little bit, but you know, I think USB A is is probably on the way out because everyone wants to just get rid of it. Um, Going to take a while what? because that's so common. But
2: So you think okay. it'll just be a brain port now? <laughs> is that the new standard?
1: <laughs> Most of it's going to go wireless, honestly. Um, and I mean, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of wireless charging. And part of it is, is like, you know, cases often are not compatible with wireless charging on the, on the devices we have. Um, and just from a pure kind of efficiency environmental standpoint, it's very inefficient. So it wastes a lot of power in turning it into heat. and um and you know, I, I just think we don't need we don't need to create more ways to to waste power at this point in time. So uh, so I stick with uh, stick with wired charging for now.
0: So, Adam, one thing I wanted to to touch on where if by my calendar, if I've got this right, we're nearing the end of Apple's m one transition. But yes. we still Two, don't. One
1: have more it. machine. One, more, <laughs> one well, more machine. One
0: more machine. But the, by the by the timing, I think the end, roughly the end of this year, was supposed to be it. and we don't have a Mac Pro, an M1 Mac Pro, yeah. or an M2 Mac yeah. Pro, or an M Mac Pro. Um, now listen, the, the other thing too, you know, there was this little thing called the pandemic that you know, <laughs> disrupted a whole lot of things. So mm-hmm. is it realistic to expect Apple to still meet that timeline and should... I mean, I know a lot of people are hot for it and I might be one of them depending on what it looks like. But is it realistic to to to, to ding Apple for not meeting the, their their original projection?
1: It's, it's a little hard for me to stress too much about that given the release of the Mac Studio. I mean, the Mac Studio with an M1 Ultra You know, at that point, what are you talking like? What more do you need from a Mac Pro? And yeah, expandability, more memory, things like your sort of memory kind of expandability. But it's a little bit hard to say that that is not the machine, you know, that that machine is not going to solve, serve the needs of most professionals. You know, yes. Yes, the full-on, you know, you can slam drives into it, and, you know, it's a big expandable device. There's some there's some use for that. And, you know, Apple has not discontinued it, which says to me that they're still planning on bringing a new one out that does that. But, yeah, it used to be that the Mac Pro is what you needed for performance, and that just doesn't seem to be the case anymore.
3: So I'm, I'm almost still waiting for a 27-inch iMac.
1: Yeah, uh, you and the rest of the world. Yeah. a happen. Mac mini <laughs> and the
3: twenty-seven inch monitor is uh, or a Mac Studio and the twenty-seven inch monitor, you know, you're you're looking at three grand, where the old twenty-seven inch used to be sixteen hundred.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. And so um, yeah, no, I, I everything I've heard is that there's the twenty-seven inch is gone and I, I'm very, very sad about that. Um
3: the well the 27 Mac inch Mini. monitor is almost a computer already with that eight with A twelve in it, A13. <laughs> well,
1: and, and, and I was again, you know, what well, I I hadn't actually seen a 24-inch iMac in person um since those came out. They came out in you know April 2021. So again, when I was at the Eastview View, East View store, I'm like wow, those are pretty nice little machines. And that that four and a half inch or four sorry, four point five K retina display that's a it's um it's 24 inches diagonal so it's a little bit smaller than the 27 inch physically um and its default working resolution is a little bit smaller i actually measured 320 and 100 when one pixel is smaller in one dimension and 180 in the other um but you can actually just switch its resolution to be the same as a 27 inch iMac and it was fine you know i was i i was I put it this way i had previously thought the 24 inch iMac was it was a low end home machine and after seeing it in person i think it's a it would be a totally fine machine for a whole lot of professional uses you know that yeah it's it's the m1 and they'll certainly going to update it to m2 or maybe give it a you know could give it a faster a faster you know you know the m1 pro kind of you know that kind of upgrade chip on the chip side but the fact was is that it still meets that, you know, it's, it's, it starts at $12.99. You mean, it's super cheap for that kind of monitor, you know, it's exactly the same thing as a 27 inch iMac always had. So yeah, it's you know, just hard to beat that combination when you build the monitor in, even though, you know, then people complain about the fact that, well, yeah, your computer's old and your monitor would still be good. You know, I'm sitting here looking at this 27 inch iMac and that I cannot use it as a monitor, you know, and I've tried every little tricky thing in the book in terms of, you know, um, Oh God, what was it? Luna display. And, uh, you know, this and that, and the other thing, you know, to be able to use two 27 inch IMAX, I actually, you know, I mean, you can't kind of see it here. This is this one, this one on the floor here is is a 2014, 27 inch IMAX, my previous one. And, uh, I'm keeping it around. It's still a great, a great machine, great little monitor. But it's 2014, so you know it's a little bit slower and uh, uh, than than a new one. So it's going to be interesting to see if Apple ever comes out with something like that. But i I just haven't heard the haven't heard anything that would indicate that they are.
0: Am Am I wrong about the the uh, the M1 iMac though? Can't you plug a second monitor into that? I mean, isn't that a yeah. built in feature? Yeah,
3: but only yeah. one you monitor. Can do- you can't do two. Only
1: only one. And you Mine. only really need one, but the real problem is, is that um, you now it's not a huge problem, but the, you know, we don't have a matching monitor. So, I mean, this is Apple's never been good, good about this, but at least what I'm using here is a 27-inch iMac with a 27-inch Thunderbolt display, and they are the you know they they have the same screen size. They sit perfectly together. They look nice together. It's a, it's an elegant combination. Whereas you start getting into the random third party 4K displays and they're just not going to fit with the the 24 inch iMac in terms of industrial design and getting them to sit nicely on a desk together and be the same height, Um, you know, because you want them to be at exactly the same level. You don't want to have the the, the physical stair step, even if the desktop is the same. So that kind of of attention to detail is what I expect from Apple um, and I don't get from anyone else.
3: And that's where the, the Mac mini can do two monitors and the Mac studio can do four. Yeah. So yeah. you can move up. Or the and,
1: the and the 16 inch and 14 inch MacBook pro can also do two, um, two yeah. externals. Um, so, you know, so one possibility, but then, but then the problem is the studio display is stupid expensive. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, like it's a, it's a good monitor. actually, I mean, so again, looking at it in person, my, my opinion about the studio display was yeah, it's fine. You know, I mean it looks just like my 27-inch iMac. It's a great, it's a great monitor, but it's six, it's either you know sixteen hundred or two thousand dollars, depending if you get the tilt and height adjustable stand. And that's really too expensive compared to what we were paying for a 27-inch iMac just a year ago. So yeah, it's it I'm frustrated in that particular in that particular way. I, I think that Apple has not quite given the attention to detail that we want. But again, two monitors, it still feels unusual, um, even though it's such such a productivity boost.
0: And I, I want to make sure I point out, though, that there are solutions out there that will let you plug in uh, to... Display Link. Internet, uh, yeah, Display Link. And I mean, yeah. I think Plugable just released one yesterday that apparently you can plug four monitors into an M1 Mac. So, yeah, you know... And that's that all there, the
1: Display the, Link technology, I think, right? Is the that, pluggable one?
0: Yeah, that's my understanding.
1: Yeah. I, I haven't used a display link technology connection recently, um, so I, I don't know how it compares. Um, long, long ago, it, it was one of those cases. It was impressive that the bear could dance, but it wasn't exactly Swan Lake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do do any of these uh, considerations give a boost to a refurbished market for some of these things that aren't sold by Apple anymore, <laughs> but you long for
1: not really and fortunately the reason is is simply that um the, the you know you really do need to kind of move forward so for instance I'm using this 27 inch Thunderbolt display over here no I'm outside um but uh it's not retina so and let me tell you you can it, it's obvious like the retina IMac that's a crystal clear text is brilliant um you know kind of monitor and then the one over here it's kind of fuzzy uh-huh. And that was a great monitor in its time but I don't know how old that is like 10 years? 15 years? I, I mean, I, I really don't know. I can't remember when it came out. But it's it's such, it's such an old screen. And so that's what you really don't want to, you know, when you get into the refurbished stuff, you know, yeah, there's certain things that are better, but you really re- you realize how far we've come in terms right. of uh, improvements. And I think monitors are, are 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 you know, Apple Apple tried and failed to get 5K to be a thing. So when the 5K Retina iMac came out, um, there were like eight or 10 um, third-party 5K monitors and they have all gone away except for one. And and Apple, I believe is basically keeping that one around, the LG 5K Ultra Fine, I think it is, uh, it's called. And and that is the only 5K display left on the market that they were not successful and Apple failed. So now we're left with the 4K displays, which, yeah, they're okay. I mean, they're not terrible, but they just don't, they don't compete with the 5K when you sit and sit them sit, sit next to each other. You're like, oh yeah, I want that one.
2: It's <laughs> relatively at, cheap you know. by comparison.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 4K displays are super cheap comparison, um, but you get what you're paying for, right? You know, that's the thing is, is that you, you, when you sit, you're sitting and looking at this thing, you know, all day, every day that's when, you know, that's, that's when I say, you know, like, yeah, I'm willing to pay a little bit more. Um, I would not pay $2,000 for just the monitor. Um, But I I have paid, I have paid the money for monitors in the past. And I will probably do so again before I die.
3: (laughs) But yeah, LG's 5K monitor is 1300. So it's not that far off of Apple's and it doesn't have speakers and it doesn't have the camera and all the extra stuff that the, uh, the Apple one gives you.
1: It's probably better now, but for a while it had some real reliability issues.
3: Didn't it? It had a weird issue with EM, uh, killing your airport if your router was too close to your monitor.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had to wrap it in tinfoil. Yeah, tinfoil hats did all did wonders for
3: it. And it's not even a CRT, (laughs) you can see that maybe with a CRT.
2: Well, just remember all those old monitors that used to be mono green. (laughs) to look at so anytime you think your 4k isn't you know good enough look at one of those
1: amber man go amber yeah
0: but you know i don't want to be argumentative about it but i i will point out you do well okay some sometimes (laughs) i do um but adam i agree with you completely if you said a 4k beside (laughs) a 5k no question but
1: you're arguing really well when you agree with me completely Glad well, you're doing well.
0: But, Keep it up. But, but from a practical standpoint, it to me it's like going to Best Buy, and you know looking at the, t- the you know the the super high price TVs, and man, the, you know they look gorgeous, and but I, I can't afford it, so I bring home you know a TCL, and and nothing wrong with TCL, but you know they're not the Sony with the you know, like, you know five thousand shades of black or whatever, and I sit it down in my living room, and it's like it looks gorgeous, and I yeah. saved a bunch of money. And so, you know, now behind me are two 4K uh, 27 inches and, you know, they're fine. I mean, I, I use them every day for work and I, I don't have an issue. Now, if I had a 5K to sit over there beside it, it probably would bug me. But since I don't, I don't really
1: notice it. <laughs> so you're saying we need to, ignorance is bliss and we need to make sure we're ignorant.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Come on now. <laughs>
3: what you gonna do? 4K
2: is fine. I, You'll I, to- I, t- notice.
0: I told you he was running for office. That sounds exactly like the way a politician would twist things.
2: As your eyes get older, you're not gonna notice this much at all.
1: <laughs> you can't
2: see anything I anyway. Was say.
0: Oh <laughs> man. I'm say. Okay, I'm sorry I brought that example up. <laughs> <laughs> It's got roasted.
1: Uh, It's it's true. And I guess uh, it really, I mean, really is a case of Apple spoiled us is what it comes down to that. I mean, when that 2014 Retina iMac came out, the the first 27-inch one, I remember I was actually, I was going to, um, it came out in um, October, November, sometime around in there. And like a, a couple of weeks later, we went out to Los Angeles for the Mac Tech Conference. And that was my chance to go see one in person at an Apple store there. We went to the Apple store in Santa Monica with Michael Cohen, um, who we work with. And um, and it was basically I looked at it and I was like, yes, I'm buying that. You know, and soon as you know, I actually I ordered it before, you know, like that night, um, you know, so it would be that, you know, you have a chance of getting it when by the time we got home and. You know, there has not been, you know, so, so literally every day since 2014, that is what I have looked at is that, is this, you know, is this 27 inch 5k display. And so, yeah, I'm spoiled is what, what it comes down to. And you're, you're right, Chuck, that if I had never seen a 27 inch 5k display, um, of that quality, I would think that the the 4k ones are pretty, pretty neat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, but I I wanted to, damn you Apple. Yeah, well, and I want to acknowledge what you said, though, because if you don't have multiple monitors, 4K or otherwise, um, you know, make sure you do your best to get get at least one more, because it does make a huge difference uh, in productivity to have to be able to have multiple things open at once and Mm -hmm. see them. It, It was long been my contention that we would never achieve the paperless office until our screens were the size of our desks. And now. Yeah. We're pretty much there if you want to be. Yeah.
1: Well, interestingly, you know, you, you never quite know. I mean, the, I mean, the, the obvious reasons are, you know, oh, you can, you know, have a web browser window open about something you're writing about. Like I do this absolutely all the time, or you know, your email while you're while you're you know writing about something. So you can see, you can just look back and forth to stuff. Um, but there's even there's even some slightly unusual ones. So for instance, you know, the, the board meeting I was on before this, I end up doing all the screen sharing because screen sharing with Zoom is a whole lot better when you have two monitors, you know, that you could share another screen and still see what people are, you know, the presenter as you as a printer, the sharer, still see everyone doing. So if people want to raise their hand, ask a question, you know, you're not blind to that. And so it's just a little, you know, a couple of little things. Here and there, we were just like, "Oh my God, that's so much easier." So um, it's a it's a big win. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm looking at the clock, and I think we're approaching time. Um, but oh, I uh, want to yeah. make sure we take any more questions from you all that you have um, about anything. Adam's position on key key uh, social issues.
1: <laughs> um, anything. Well. Oh, I believe, I believe that if we just come together, <laughs> we can all have multiple monitors. Sorry. <laughs> Chicken in every pot and a monitor, two monitors on every desk.
3: <laughs> yeah, next time you're in town, you'll have to stop by my store. We're, we're about two miles from the Eastview store.
1: Oh, you were that close. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. We were, we were running, we were at center park and Fairport running a race. So,
3: and that's about and two miles from my on house
1: s- <laughs> on Sunday. It was stupid hot in Rochester, yeah. <laughs> 75 yeah. degrees. Oh, ugly, ugly. I wasn't running, but uh, all my team were. So yeah. um yeah, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, no, I, so I will, I will have to do that next time. We're next time. We're in, now we do, we do tend to go that part of the world relatively frequently for, uh, for these cross country
2: races. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, here drive here. It's cross country, right? <laughs> drive. Drive. <laughs> it's a long ways. It's a little bit of well, hey, And and all you. the rest all all the rest stops on the I- on I90 are closed these days, which is just annoying. So yeah. um, uh, just
0: pressure. to let you know, I got two drives mounted.
1: <laughs> right. Meanwhile,
0: all back right. the drives. All right. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. I, I reformatted them. Um and they came back to you know, on the desktop,
3: Came back so. to life.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, Just, I, I would be. I, I still run a few tests to make sure that you can back stuff up and launch it from from that right. those drives. That still right. scared the daylights out of me. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely.
3: Yeah. There's there's yeah. a difference in the way the file system works, starting with with ten fifteen. Even though it's APFS that back to ten thirteen is supposed to read, that we've run into issues where it's the older OS's won't read the the drives formatted by a newer OS.
1: Hmm. I I remember something vaguely about that. Yeah.
3: Sometimes it's that hidden data volume that the OS installer creates. Right. When it splits your system and your data into two volumes. And then Time Machine is really different on, um, when did they start that? Was it Big Sur? Where time machine is now, um, instead of being a folder full of uh, folders and and sparse images, it's actually volumes in a container. And um, what's interesting is if if you do two two computers on a single drive, it makes different volumes in a different container. So it's it makes it a little a little confusing yeah. to know which drive is is yeah. which computer.
1: Yeah, it made sense. It made sense to to add uh, to 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 new to do the new architecture, but it yeah, it did cause some confusion here yeah. and there. So all right. Well, I'm getting I'm getting kind of tired here, and I suspect some of you guys are as well. So we should probably wrap it up.
0: Yeah, thank you so thank much you. for having us. This this was a thank lot of you. fun. It yeah. always is. Oh
1: thanks for sharing with us.
0: Thanks for coming. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and, and maybe I... one of these years you of again? an in-person meeting again. So that would, that'd be nice. We 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 did try an in person meeting last month and the month before, and it we just didn't get the people other than the board coming to and people it. People so. still
2: aren't coming up for meetings.
1: Well, and it's, I, and I it's so that, much
3: nicer to be at home when you don't, yeah. and then you don't have to to, to leave somewhere and go home. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. Well, plus winter coming, it's easier to be home. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, no, especially especially no where you guys like are home. in the snow
3: belt. There's no <laughs> place like yeah. home. Who added that? Have you noticed that in in photos, Adam? If you go to location on your photos, somebody added snow belt at, at at Apple. Really? Yeah. So when you look at look at a location of a photo, it it will say you know Macedon snow belt or you know Rochester snow belt. Really? Huh. At least it does on my computer, and I've seen it on a couple of other computers, too. And I didn't add that. <laughs> it's it's, okay. it's somewhere in whatever location service Apple's using.
1: Oh, interesting. I mean, I'm not seeing it, but uh, huh? cool.
3: <laughs> you never know. It's
1: frustrating oh. when I see that. I don't want
3: to know about the snow belt. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> not snowing now. Not snowing. Yeah. That's knowing. all um, right well good night everybody thank you, you all
2: fun good good thank, thank you very you much Adam.
3: thank okay. you chuck
2: yep take care all, right. all good
3: right night. good night
0: visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with chuck on social media get involved in our facebook group or like our facebook page and get more out of your apple tech with mac voices magazine free on flipboard and on the web and if you find value in it all